Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And the number is 303-690-3000 to be on the show, to be on the air. This is another edition of Calvary Live. We want to welcome all of you that are tuned in to today's broadcast. My name is Jeff Figgs. I pastor Calvary Chapel Greeley in Northern Colorado, and I am here to take your questions and your prayer requests, and that's what Calvary Live is all about. It gives you the opportunity, you the listener, to call in at 303-690-3000, and I'll be given that number throughout the hour, and you can call and ask questions about the Bible or Christian living or uh, our worldview on certain things, and We'll go to the Word of God, and we'll get clarity and understanding and get truth. And so that's our desire here. But also it's to minister to you, to encourage you and edify and, and bring comfort and, and uplift you. And, and that is really the heart of the program, the, the uh, show Calvary Live, uh, every time that we're here. So I'll be with you for this hour. We have one hour to talk about the things of the Lord, to go to the Word of God, to go to the throne of God as Hebrews 4 says, in time of need. So this is the best time for you to grab one of those open lines as the lines are wide open and uh, give me a call. I want to welcome all of you that are listening on Grace FM along the Front Range. Uh, We have a nice, cool um, day. It it feels like the change of season that is uh, uh, fall. And uh, so uh, we want to be able to um, to just uh, just bless you in any way. So give me a call. Uh, whether you're in traffic in Denver, be careful if you're texting. Um, but if you are um, able to call or if you're at work or maybe perhaps you're watching the kids at practice or getting them a snack, uh, maybe you're on the uh, roads, the rural roads of Weld County, uh, we want to be able to uh, talk with you and bless you and course, Grace FM is, uh, has two stations here in Colorado, 101.7 in Southern Colorado. So we welcome you that are listening in Pueblo and Fountain and Colorado Springs. And then 89.7 in Northern Colorado and Castle Rock and uh, also uh, in um, the metro area and along the front range of Boulder and Longmont and Fort Collins and Greeley and up in the southern Wyoming. We welcome you as you're listening live to today's uh, program. Also, want to welcome all those on the East Coast that are listening in on Truth FM and Hope FM. We welcome you, and as you are listening on your uh, radio station, um, it is a week delayed, so we want to remind you of that. But you can still give us a call at 303 690 3000. And let me give you that text line. That text number is 720 That's for texting only 720 0897 and be sure that you are safe as you text and uh, in a safe place and we'll look at those dedicated uh, text uh, questions uh, that 
are coming in and prayer requests as time permits. But we'd love to talk to you. So the lines are wide open. Uh, give me a call, and let's talk about the things of the Lord. We also want to welcome all those who um, are listening online. The online uh, audience is growing, and so you can call in anywhere in the nation. Uh, if you're listening in Florida or Hawaii, we've received calls from there, uh, all the way from California as well, and Texas and Arizona, all over the place, Oklahoma. And so we want to welcome you as well. Give me a call at 303-690-3000, and let's talk about the things of the Lord. What a blessing it is to be able to do that and have a program where we can focus um, uh, on that. So uh, 303-690-3000 is the number to call. Text 720-336-0897. But let's go to the phone lines. Let's go to Dan and Frederick. Hi, Dan. Hi. How are you? Can you hear me okay? I can hear you just fine. Awesome. God bless you and your radio show. Um, I got a question. I'm a truck driver, and I travel all over the United States. And I noticed a lot of the, a lot of truck drivers out there um, that wear those turbans and long beards. They almost uh-huh. look Arab, or not sure what uh, nationality they are. Right. But I, I've always so- noticed that they wear these. Um, silver bracelets on their right wrist, uh-huh. and, and they all have long gray or black beards, and they would all wear right. turbans on their heads. Right. Yeah. So, so I go ahead. Go I, ahead, Dan. I I approached one. This this one guy. He helped me out and helped me park into a spot. And I and I went up to him to thank him. I said, you know, I'm just curious. I said, you know, what's that bracelet that all you um, people wear on your right wrist in the in the turban? And he he said it was a part of his religion. Right. Called called sick, and I have no idea what that what that's all about. Yeah, and I'm not sure either. Usually. Um who you're describing is somebody that would be from, for example, India or that part of yeah. the Far East. And in India, there's, um, you know, Eastern mysticism that is popular, Hinduism, uh, a belief in reincarnation, um, you know, those kinds. Uh, also in the Middle East, they have, uh, in those parts of the world, they have, in, when you get into uh, China and other places, the Taoism is a big thing, um, and it's more of a, a philosophy. Buddhism is also a big part. Uh, I was in Thailand uh, where Buddhism was a big thing. So th- those are the religions that you're dealing with. As far as the bracelets and everything, I'm not really sure um, what exactly their belief is. But most of the Eastern uh, religions don't believe in a personal God. And Hinduism, of course, is, believes in reincarnation, um, the Bible does not teach reincarnation, even though there are those who will say, oh, the Bible teaches reincarnation. You know where they get that from, Dan, is when Jesus asked the disciples up at um, Caesarea Philippi, uh, who do men say that I am? And some say Elijah, some say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. 
you see Jesus is, is, is in the Bible's teaching, reincarnation. That's not what was being said. Uh, reincarnation is living in a past life, come back in a new life. And um, so that's, that's not biblical at all. Um, and uh, there is, it's interesting because, uh, Dan, not to get sidetracked off your question, but I, I run into more people that believe that they came from a past life. And uh, we know that that's not biblical at all. So that's all part of the Eastern religion. And uh, so you're probably talking to somebody from India uh, in that area. And uh, there's wonderful ministries that go throughout uh, India, uh, and it's really needed. And it's it's wonderful to see the gospel spreading in India. Yeah, he said that he was from India. And I said, do you know about Jesus Christ? And... Yeah, I've heard of him, he says, and I go, um, he, he mentioned, he says, my religion goes back 600 years. I yeah. said, well, not saying it's a religion, but my my Christ, my Bible, goes back 2,000 years. Yeah. I, and I just felt like just talking about Jesus to him. Right, you know, and that's very, good. I'm not very good with witnessing, and I, I keep asking God to help me more in uh, right in, in sharing the, uh, the good word with other people. Right. But it felt good that we were able to yes. talk about Jesus, and yeah, even though I he think doesn't that's great. believe that, yeah, and, I felt and like I, think... I planted a seed. Absolutely. I was just going to say that you did plant a seed, and, you know, it's wonderful. And sometimes, you know, you mentioned something, Dan, that is not, you know, unique. I think a lot of us, even those of us who are listening, that we get a little intimidated in witnessing to others, especially when that door opens up just like it did with you. And we think, you know, sometimes I think that we get um, sold a bill of goods that we can't witness because maybe we can't answer their question theologically or maybe, uh, you, you know, we'll offend them so much or whatever. But the key is what you were just talking about. Just give them Jesus. Paul, when he came into Corinth, he said that when I came to you, I didn't come, you know, with man's wisdom. Um, I came in the power and demonstration of the Holy Spirit preaching nothing but Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And that's where I want to encourage you, and that's where I want to encourage all the listeners. Just give people Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Hey, that there is a personal God that sent His Son, because in the Eastern religions, they don't believe that God is personal. And to say God is personal, He initiated, He sent His Son to come and die for sinful humanity and for you on the cross that we can be forgiven, and he rose again. And that's one of the other things that I tell people that makes Christianity unique is that there's an empty tomb in Jerusalem. And every other religious leader, whether that's Confucius, Buddha, Muhammad, whoever, they're still in their grave. Only Jesus Christ died for your sins. Only Jesus Christ rose from the grave and conquered sin and death and proved that he's the Son of God and validated what he did on the cross. And, and those things, if we can just share that, but you plant seeds, and um, and you just pray, Lord, that somebody will come along and follow up, and he'll be able to receive fully the gospel message and open up his heart to it. So, 
hey, Dan, good job. Just keep talking with yeah, people, can, giving them Jesus. Can, can I can I share one more thing with you, Fred? Sure. I uh, I just want to encourage the new believers because I'm kind of a new believer myself. I've I've only been saved for about five years, and I just would like to encourage the young believers, uh, old, young, whoever that that's listening, and they want to share the good news and share the gospel to other other people to bring others to Christ. I found out that my greatest testimony is my past, the past that of drugs and alcohol and how lost I was and how God took my mess and made it into a message that I have yeah. a will to live. And even though I used to believe that I wasn't meant to be because my mother was a product of, I'm a product of a brutal rape and my mom was left for dead and that's when I was conceived. And I, the devil tried to tell me that I wasn't meant to be because I wasn't conceived out of love. And I know there's a lot of other people out there that kind of feel the same way. They don't feel like they belong or anything. But I... From experience and my relationship with the Lord, he he told me how important I was in the book of John and how much yeah. he loved me. And that he does. There, he does have a plan for my life. And I yes, he does. just want to encourage, encourage those out there that, you know, yeah. hang in there. Yeah, thank you, thank you. And let me pray for you, Dan. Father... I pray for Dan. Thank you for what he does as he's driving trucks. And, Lord, I just pray that you would um, just grow him. And as he has opportunities to share, he wants to share, that you just give him the words. Lord, we pray for this individual that he talked with, that they he would fully come. You know who he is. Come to the knowledge of the gospel and the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And, Lord, I just pray for Dan. I thank you for his message that, Lord, that, that you love him, you've saved him, he's no accident, and, Lord, that you have a purpose for him. And, Lord, um, I thank you for the way you're using him and that there's nothing that will separate us from the love of God. And uh, so, Lord, I just pray you bless Dan in every way in Jesus' name. Thank you, Dan. Appreciate it. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. Hey, when somebody hangs up, we got an open line. We got a couple open lines, 303-690-3000. You know, very important what Dan said. Listen, you may feel like you don't belong, um, but the Lord loves you, and and you are no accident. And he knew you. He knew your name before the foundation of the world. Isn't that amazing? And he created you for his good pleasures. You are his workmanship, creating Christ Jesus for good works. And that word workmanship means a poem, and, and a poem is heartfelt. You are important to the Lord, and, and there is nothing that will separate him, uh, his love for us. Um, who will separate us from the love of Christ? Tribulation or distress or persecution, persecution, famine, nakedness, pearl, sword? None of that will. And he loves you, and he wants to work in your life. He wants to save you. He wants to forgive you. You are valuable to the Lord, so valuable. Never forget that, and I hope that's an encouragement to somebody that is listening. So give me a call at 303-690-3000. Let me give you that text again, and that text line is 
800-242-0897. You're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Jeff Figs of Calvary Greeley, and we're going to go to Anthony in Fort Lupton. Hi, Anthony. Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you today? Pretty good. So I, I guess my question is, what does it take to be saved? I understand that Christ died for us for the remission of our sins, but at the same time, the Bible teaches strictly. Um, he he teaches, you know, the difference between holiness and then grace. I feel like I get caught in in between the two. Right, right, and, and um, you know, go ahead, Anthony. Oh yeah, well. I just feel like, is is it holiness? Because regardless, we, we sin. You know, Christ came on this world and he was sinless, but yet we right. still sin. Right, right. And you're asking a very good question, because I was talking to somebody about it yesterday, and, you know, we are saved. And that's, I was telling them, the Book of Romans is really important to understand. We just got through going through the Book of Romans not long ago. Because Paul, he gives the theme of the book of Romans, that's the gospel. I'm not ashamed mm-hmm. of the gospel of Christ, for it's the power of God for salvation for all who believe. And then he tells us why we need the gospel, chapters 1, 2, and 3, because we've all sinned, right? We're all sinners. Right. The, the wages of sin is death. He is, you know, We've been separated um, from him. Uh, Ephesians 2 says we're spiritually dead because of that. But then in chapter 3, continuing through chapter 5, he gives the doctrine of justification. That's a legal term. It, it means just as if I've never sinned. And he says that we are justified. That's when he, he uses that word first in chapter 3, verse 24, freely. That means you can't earn it. We are justified right. freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So as we come in faith in Jesus Christ, and you go through there, and, and he talks about that we are justified by faith, just as Abraham, chapter 4, he goes back, Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness. Um, he continues that in chapter 5, and so it's through faith, you know, Ephesians chapter 2, it is by grace through faith that we're saved, not of ourselves, uh, not of works, um, lest anyone right. should boast. Well, then in chapter 6 through 8 is the doctrine of sanctification, and that is a process of holiness being worked out in our lives. So as we come to Christ, because there's some people that believe, I've got to clean up my act before I come to Christ. Right, that's come backwards. as you are. You come as you are. You can't clean up your act until you come to Jesus Christ. But when we realize that we're in need of forgiveness, in need of the gospel, I surrender my life, I come in faith, and, and I surrender my life to him and come in faith and believe in what he did on the cross for me, and he rose again from the grave, then the Holy Spirit comes into us, and then we begin to live by the Spirit. We don't continue in sin, because he begins right. that section yeah, in, in yeah, Romans yeah. 6, shall we continue in sin that grace abounds? No. He says, no, Certainly we don't not. live to sin. Certainly not. So that whole process of sanctification in chapter 8 you know, as we walk in the Spirit, you know, we yield to the Spirit. We allow Him to do that work. Now, there's some practical things that we do. We're to stay close to Him. We're to be in the Word of God. We're to mm-hmm. surrender our lives to Him. That's all part of holiness that we're called to do. 
So there's justification by faith alone. There's sanctification as we walk in the Spirit. And and those are two things that sometimes Christians get a little bit confused about and intertwined. But it's so important mm-hmm. that, that we yield to Him, um, that we uh, come to Him and, and look to Him. There's nothing that we can do in our flesh, and that's what Romans chapter 7 is about. He says, oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me right. from this body of death? You know, And he says, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. And, and so he's the one that saves us, and he's the one that does that work of the Spirit in us, because we're dead to sin. We're a new creation, and there's regeneration that takes place, being born again by the Spirit of God. And, um, and it's a wonderful thing, and that's his desire, and that's really my passion in ministry is to get people to grow in the Lord Jesus Christ and to pursue holiness, uh, because that's a better way of living, isn't it, Anthony? Um, yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, you know, I, I have pursued, you know how it says the flesh is weak, the spirit is willing. And, I, you know, I, I've, I've known... I've known God for at least 10 years now, and, you know, there's certain things in my life that I still struggle with, and like you right. said, the sanctification, like, I understand what you're saying, and I've been told this, but at the same time, it's like I still struggle with certain things in my life, and yep. I don't understand why they're still there if, if you know, my flesh is weak, and I, I'm willing right. to give these things up. Um, it's it's, a, how, it's come they, yeah, how come they don't go, I guess? Yeah, and you just keep giving it to the Lord. And Galatians 6 talks about the flesh wars with the Spirit and the Spirit with the flesh. I wish I had it all figured out, you know, Anthony. And and there's some things, you know, that that lose its grip on our lives, and other things it just seems like we struggle, but it's just constantly crying out to the Lord, looking to the Lord, praying to the Lord. And I don't have, you know, all the answers. I I wish— Uh, that the Lord would just say, bam, you know, and and it's it's done. But, you know, John says in his epistle that, um, as he says, I write these things to you that you may not sin. But then he goes on to say, if we sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And he also yeah. says, if you say that you have no sin, then, um, then you know, then you lie. So lie, we right. still have this, you, you, you still have this battle with the flesh. We we still have, you know, the fleshly things that rise up, but, you know, that's why it's so important that we renew our mind with the Word of God. Paul talks about that, you know, uh, that we stay close to the Lord. Uh, it is important what it is that we're watching and seeing and listening to, and it's hard with all the voices around us, and, uh-huh. you know, it bombards us constantly. And and so it's a progress it's a it's it's a process of sanctification and um keep praying um but i think what happens anthony is some mm-hmm. people they think gosh i i just feel like i'm struggling with this and over and over i'm going back to the lord so i must not be saved and right and I'm, right i'm a i'm a spiritual waste and i'm no good and god doesn't love me and there are those who just then begin to walk away. I, I can't go to church, you know, because I wasn't good enough. Listen, you keep calling out to the Lord, and you have conviction. And that's that's the thing, you have conviction. You have conviction that, Lord, I struggle. I don't like this. I hate it. But I still struggle with it. And you just give that to the Lord over and over 
bit wow, by that bit, makes sense. day by day, moment by moment. Just keep giving it to the Lord. Yeah, okay. because I, I, I guess it's one you lose once you stop fighting, right? And, you know, yeah. that's maybe what it's all about is just you keep fighting even, you know, because God says in the Bible that your, your ways ain't our ways, you know, your thoughts ain't our thoughts, so... Yeah, and at the and same time, the you is, know, it, maybe that's just right. It. And in in the end, if he started to work, he'll be faithful to finish in due time. You know. Yeah, and you know, it's it's here's the thing. Paul told Timothy, Timothy, you keep fighting the the good fight, wage good warfare. It's a battle out there. It is right. not a playground out there. It is a battle, and part of the battle is not only with the enemy and with the world, but our own stinking flesh and it rears its ugly head and and we need to just keep running our race and keep fighting the good fight and keep looking to him so anthony i'm going to pray for you you know don't give up the lord is going to work and there are things that i think i should be done with this but you know i get angry at at things that i shouldn't i i say things that i shouldn't but the Lord is gracious, and he loves us, and he isn't going to give up with us. And so we want to keep looking to him. So, Father, I pray for Anthony. I just pray that as, you know, in honesty of his heart, he comes to you and says, I still struggle. But, Lord, that, again, that he would know that you love him, you desire to do that work of the Spirit in him. And I pray that those things that that, that he perhaps struggles with or is frustrated with, that, Lord, that you would just bring that freedom that you would bring um, just re, you know just bring healing and, and help them to overcome those things and I pray that for all of us that are listening that Lord we struggle in the flesh at times and to renew our minds with the Word of God and to be yielded to the Spirit of God not to be carnally minded but to be spiritually minded and Lord uh, do that work of, of holiness in our lives that you want to do as we yield to you do that work in Anthony. And and I pray this in Jesus' name, Amen. In Jesus' name, Hey, brother. Keep yeah, fighting good yeah. Fight. I appreciate okay. you. Thank you for taking the time, and God bless. You bet. Thanks for calling. Okay, we have an open line. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand is the number to call. We're getting close to the break, and um, so uh, we uh, are going to go to break here in just a couple minutes. But, um, you know, there's a there's a a battle that takes place in the flesh and it can be frustrating. And and as we just grow and mature, you know, the flesh starts losing that, um, you know, that um, the the tendencies, the fleshly tendency. And that's why I just I really want to encourage people keep going, keep learning, keep growing, you know, listen to Grace FM, you know, those of you on the East Coast, keep listening to Truth and and Hope FM, uh, Christian Radio, uh, you know, because the voices around us, you know, it just, it feeds our flesh, a lot of it, and we need to feed our spirit, and that's what's really important, and to yield to the Lord every single day, moment by moment, day by day, you know, that old hymn, I need thee every hour, and it is so true, and I just want to encourage you. The Lord is going to work. Keep yielded to him. Keep your eyes on him. Keep learning of him. Yoke yourself with him, and you're going to see holiness being worked out into your life. So um, just you know, want to encourage you in that. 
And we're talking a lot about that on Sunday mornings as we're going through, um, you know, First Timothy. I've really realized going through that epistle that Paul really associates conduct with good doctrine. And he's emphasizing to Timothy, you must continue in good doctrine. And that's going to help you in godly conduct and character. Because we don't know how to act. We don't know how to behave, how we speak, unless we have good doctrine, unless we are really engrossed in the Word of God. So I want to encourage you, make sure that you're taking in the Word of God, that you're reading your Bibles every day, keep listening to your Christian radio station. And hey, those of you that are on hold on the phone, we're going to get back to you. We're going to go to break. But I believe we do have an open line. So 303-690-3000. We'll be back in about two minutes. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. So glad to be with you. My name is Jeff Figgs. I have the privilege of pastoring Calvary Chapel Greeley in Northern Colorado, and I'm with you for this hour. So blessed to be with you. So welcome everyone who's listening in. We had a uh, at the beginning of the call uh, that we had a caller that called in and was asking about um, uh, Sikhism, and I believe that's how you say it. And a uh, little bit of information somebody texted, and I appreciate it uh, that it's a monolistic religion or a religion that believes in one God. Estimated 28 million people are followers of Sikhism, which then makes it the fifth largest religion in the world. Um, the followers are called Sheikhs, and their holy book is the Shi Guru Granth uh, Sahib. So, just a little information on that, and um, and so uh, for uh, those who are wondering, as we got the at, at the uh, beginning of the show, somebody was asking about that. You know, there's a lot of religions out there. Um, it was interesting that uh, all the different religions that are out there. Uh, that uh, we've been studying the book of Revelation, and we just got through with Revelation chapter 17 that talks about in the tribulation period there's going to be a one-world religious system. And it's interesting that when the true church gets raptured, that the world still is going to be religious and um, in this one-world religious system. So a um, little information, so I want to pass that along. And uh, so, Dan, if you're listening to us, I know you're driving a little bit more information on that. Hey, give me a call at 303-690-3000. I believe we have an open line to be on the show. Let me give you that text number again, 720-336-0897. We've had a great show so far, so I want to go to Michael, who has been patiently waiting. Hi, Michael. Good afternoon. Glad you can How take are my you? Call. Thank Good. you for waiting. Yes, sir. I have a question about um, as a born again Christian, I know when I die that I will be present with the Lord in heaven. But right. I have a, a a little confusion. Is when you die he- uh, bodily, you can either be buried 
in a coffin or you can be cremated. Right. And I don't know it scripturally. If not, I don't say was one's better than the other, but is there any sort of uh, reference? If it's is it a, not a sin, but is it not better, or is, it, is, it, is there a, a distinction yeah. between being buried as a body or being cremated? Yeah, and, and people have that question because sometimes some people are told that if you're cremated, then that's a sin and, you know, you've jeopardized your salvation. There's nowhere in the Scripture that says that. From the, from the, you know, the, the dust to dust, and from the dust we were created, Adam was created, to the dust we're going to return. And you've already quoted from Second Corinthians that talks to us about to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So just for yeah. a little bit, for our listeners' sake, um, there are people that get confused our spirit, we're made of body, soul, and spirit. Our spirit uh, will go to be with the Lord immediately as soon as we take our last breath here, but then our bodies are left, right? And right. so either people are put into you know a coffin and put in the ground or cremated. And cremation, there's nothing that's in the Bible that says that cremation is a sin. Matter of fact, crema- cremation is first of all, is speeding up that process because our bodies decay. So the body goes into the ground, and it decays, and it takes a long process. Cremation really is just uh, speeding up that process. But I think the thing to remember, Michael, is this, that it's accounted, you know, once for man to die and then the judgment. And it's what we do before we die that's important, that's the important thing, to to give our faith and trust to Jesus Christ then. Um, afterwards, it's too late. It isn't like we're going to go to heaven, and all of a sudden the Lord says, oh, sorry, your, your family's having you cremated. You know, you just lost your salvation. That's ridiculous. Um, so either process, you know, um, to me, people do cremation because it's a lot cheaper. You know, to get a coffin and a burial site can be very, very expensive, and it can be a burden on people. But, you know, I also think about what about those in early Christians that were burnt at the stake? You know, what about them? They became ashes. So either one is, you know, um, the Bible uh, doesn't say that, you know, you have to be buried or doesn't say anything uh, against cremation. And it's just, to me, speeding up the process of what the ground's going to do anyway. Does that help? Yes, I, yes, I understand that. Uh, because, again, they say, let's say in the rapture, they said that getting Christ will rise first, and, and we who are still alive will meet the Lord in the heaven. I'm thinking, well, if the body's in the ground, it comes up through the, into out of the grave, but if you're scattered in ashes, does, does he, do they collect the ashes and they all go up? Well, he knows you know, where every molecule is, and that's the thing. Uh-huh. You know, and the, and we're talking about, you know, again, the resurrection, where our bodies, and and so, again, for the listener who may be listening, well, the body is in the ground, and then at the sound of the, the trumpet, the rapture of the church, we're going to get new heavenly bodies. So that body, that yeah. which is corruptible, is incorruptible. That which is mortal is immortal. First uh, Corinthians 15, so we get new heavenly bodies. But here's the thing, Dan. What about Christians that died 2,000 years ago? Th- their bodies are decayed. 
you know, their bodies are, are you know, ashes. So, um, yeah, yeah. you know, that's what happens in a coffin. So whether it's in a coffin or in a uh, urn, you know, uh, the, yeah. the cremation process just speeds it up and stuff. So the Lord knows where every one of those molecules are. And um, But, you know, I've had people call up on the show and say, I was told that if I, you know, am cremated, that I'll lose my salvation. And it's like, where in the Bible does it say that? It doesn't say that. You no, lose your, I don't you know, that. you, yeah, you don't have salvation because you didn't put your faith and trust in Jesus. It's appointed once for man to die, and then the judgment. And uh, yes. some people have preference. That's that's fine, but okay. uh, the Bible doesn't speak on it specifically. Yes, because the the Bible says that our bodies are temporary. It's like a tent, and one day it'll be taken down. So it's it's a temporary thing. And again, our spirit is uh, separate from our physical body. But again, I've always I've 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 always just had that. I don't say one's better than the other, but is there any sort of anything in Scripture said it's right or wrong? That's the point I'm making. No, there's. There's nothing. It just talks about going back to the ground, you know, going back mm-hmm. to the dust. And that's what we'll all eventually do, whether we're in a coffin or whether we're cremated, mm. you know. Well, okay? I appreciate that, because, again, I just wanted the distinction today. Thank you, yeah. uh, thank you for your time. Absolutely. Thank you for calling. Good thank question. You. So, yes, sir. God bless you. You bet. God bless you. 303-690-3000. This is Calvary Live with Pastor Jeff Fix. You know, some people agonize over questions like that, um, you know, and worry. And we want to make sure we know what the scriptures have to say so that, that we can have peace and a good conscience. So good question, Michael. Um, we do have an open line. Let's go to uh, Brian, uh, Brian in Denver. Is it Brian? Yes, it's Brian. Brian. How are How are you? Oh, good. 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 You got a question for me? I appreciate yeah, so, you holding, so by the, the way. Yeah, the question I have, it may seem silly, but it's, uh, it's, it's in, I was listening to this sermon, like in Revelation, and they were talking about how, like, every, like, Buddha, every, like, false statue has, like, a demon behind it. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I don't, obviously, I don't believe in Buddha or anything like that, but if I had, like, a Buddha in my house, does that mean there's, like, a, is there, like, a demon behind there? Well, I think what I'm thinking about is what Paul's writing to the Corinthian believers, um, because there was this whole issue about me offered to idols. So Paul says that the idol is nothing. Um, and, and that's what he starts out by saying. He's talking about this whole um, you know, issue of, of sensitivity. And he says that in chapter 8 of 1 Corinthians, now concerning things offered to idol, we know that uh, all that knowledge uh, puffs up and love edifies. And he goes on to say that the idol is nothing. Um, you know. But then he goes on and he says, but behind the idols that there are demons. So he, here's the thing. Just about anything can become an idol. But if you have like a statue, back in those days, of course, they had, you know, Baal and Astaroth and different mm-hmm. idols and the Greek, gods and Greek idols and altars. They were all over the place. And that's where the people would go and worship. That's where they would burn incense to those idols. So having an idol just, you know, sitting like if you had a little Buddha or something on your mantle, in and of itself is nothing. The problem becomes is when you start burning incense to it, when you start, um, you know, worshiping it, start praying to it, that um, that's where the 
uh, problem becomes. And, mm-hmm. and so there are those who will say, well, it doesn't mean anything. It's not anything. Personally, I don't like those things in my home. Um, I just don't. Um, but, you know, you can have a picture of Jesus. And some people say that that's idolatry, you know, uh, mm-hmm. or, you know, a statue of Mary or whatever it is. So the idol itself is nothing, but um, it is worshiping those things. And, and it gets extended even to some say that you shouldn't have a Christmas tree because Jeremiah chapter 10 says you cut a tree down, you put decorations on it, all of this. Well, here's the thing that was going on. They, they were worshiping at those trees. And we can put up a Christmas tree. We don't worship it. Um, we don't you know, build an altar around it. So I think there's a distinction there that happens. And um, so, um, you know, the idol is nothing, Paul says, but you got to remember that behind the idols, you know, and that's speaking of idol worship, that there's demons. And so um, he's talking about the issue of sensitivity, that those who are eating meat offered to idols, they came out of that. They came out of idolatry where they were worshiping those, those idols and the meat offered to it, it's like, wait a minute here. We can't partake in that. We can't be a part of that, and we're not going to. So, um, as, long, you, as long as you're not worshiping it, then, yeah. then it's, there's no demon behind it. Yeah, and, you know, it's just a piece of metal is what it is. Okay. And, or oh, wood or a picture or, you know, something else. Uh, like I said, a, a statue in a yard or something. There's a lot of things that can become idols, so... Um, and some people have strong convictions about it. They really do. And okay. um, other people, it's like, no big deal. Okay, All right? Well, I, okay, thanks for answering that. So I hope that that answered your question, because you were making reference to Revelation. Yeah, and, I, you, she was, it was a pastor going through a uh, study in Revelation. He's kind of unfolding, and he talked about like how every behind every idol there's a demon. And I was like, well, that's not good, because I have like this little plastic Buddha thing, and I'm like... I don't want a demon behind that thing. Yeah, and like I said, to me, here's where I'm at, and this is where you got to pray through and stuff, is that um, to me, having a little Buddha, it's like, ah, it's just, to me, it, it symbolizes something that is false and, and is wrong. And so that's my conviction. And so, mm-hmm. but the, the piece of metal itself is nothing uh, okay. in itself. So, and that's okay. what you got to, you know, be at peace with. So, okay. Okay. All right. God bless you. Thanks for calling. All right. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. And love to talk to you about the things of the Lord. The text number is 720-336-0897. You know, a lot of things can become an idol. And um, we usually think of a statue or something like that. And in Paul's day, it was a big deal because there was altars all over the place. You know, when Paul went into Athens in Acts chapter 17, it said his spirit was moved because he saw all the altars. He saw all the idols that were there. And, um, of course, we know that idolatry was big in um, the house of Israel, the house of Judah during Manasseh's time. It's interesting that they did some excavating in Jerusalem, and they found where there were piles of idols, you know, that were worship. And and an idol is anything that we place you know, above our devotion and, and worship and, and to the Lord. And so an idol can be in a garage, um, you know, that 
Uh, an idol can be a number of things. And uh, we want to make sure that the Lord is preeminent in our hearts and our devotion is to him. And uh, he is our, um, our worship. He's our devotion. Uh, he is our Lord truly of our lives. And one of the things I always say to people that, you know, Jesus isn't just added to your life. He is your life. And back in the early you know, church, the, when all the idolatry was around the Roman gods and the Greek gods, is you know, some people would, you know, oh, you can believe in Jesus. He's just another deity. No, he is Lord of lords and king of all kings. And we need to always keep that perspective. So, hey, give me a call. Good questions. Let's go to Dan in Loveland. Hi, Dan. Yes. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Awesome. Um, I was kind of hoping you could give me some background or explanation around uh, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 15, where it talks about the the gospel of peace. And this is talking about the full armor of God, right? Yeah, and and of course, Ephesians chapter 6, that well-known chapter where... Paul says, hey, we're in a spiritual battle. We, we were talking about that earlier on, on the show, um, that it is a battle out there, and it's spiritual warfare out there. And he says, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might and put on the whole armor of God. And then in verse 15, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace is, is what he writes there. Um, and so that's part of it. And, um, it, 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 you know, we think of, having shod your feet and it's kind of an analogy with when you go through this kind of like a Roman soldier that had all these pieces of armor on and having shod your feet, you're, you're thinking of protective shoes or sandals worn by the Roman soldiers and um, no one can really fight effectively or go about his business without part of that. And the preparation has the word of, of, as he says, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. It has the, the meaning of prepared foundation. So the gospel provides the footing for everything that we do. Um, you know, the rest of the armor is important, um, but it, it is like the, the, um, the footing for what we do. Um, you know, it, it, it reminds me, I think Paul maybe perhaps had in mind what Isaiah chapter 52 declares, that how beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who proclaims peace, who brings glad tidings to good things, who proclaims salvation, and says to Zion, your God reigns. So I think that Paul was really maybe perhaps was thinking of that, and the idea of preparation is really readiness, uh, to be mobile, to be flexible, ready with the truth. And this is to have a place in the Christian life, to live in constant readiness and flexibility and walking with the Lord is the gospel, the gospel of peace. And uh, the gospel does bring peace, doesn't it? It brings peace with God um, because we're separated from him, and then we have the peace of God. So that's what I think about in that piece of armor, and, and hopefully that helps a little bit. Yeah, it does. Thank you very much. Yeah, so you know, it it does bring bring you know that beautiful reference to how beautiful upon the mountains of feet of him who brings good news. We get to bring the good news of the gospel that brings peace and glad tidings and salvation and, and your God reigns. 
is what Isaiah says, and our God reigns too, and, you know, just being prepared. And the rest of the armor helps us to do that um, as we do that, but the very foundation of the gospel is we get to give to others as we move forward. So, hey, thanks. Good question. You bet. Thank you. God bless you. Good question, Dan. Has the, the armor of God is a good study to um to to study and and to be a part of um let's go to tammy in maryland hi tammy hi how are you i am good how are you tammy i'm doing good pastor thank you good thanks for calling absolutely so i have i have one question um i mean i think as a christian a lot of us struggle um so many of us do struggle with the topic of suffering and, you know, what, uh, you know, where did God come from and what was before God? If nothing was before God, it's very hard to kind of understand that. So I won't get into all that because it's really, it's a lot. But I guess I just have a basic question, and um, it is, how do you picture God? Like, I know how to picture Jesus, and I love him so much, and I know how to picture him in my mind, but... How do you picture God? If he's everywhere and he's then he would be invisible, but if he sits at the right if Jesus sits at the right hand of him, then is he a man? So I'm confused. <laughs> I don't know how to picture him in my mind. And I think you're asking a good question and it, and it's interesting because you know, you brought up God always was. He he's has existed from all eternity past. And he will always exist from eternity future. We can't comprehend that. We have finite minds trying to comprehend an infinite God. And, you know, it's interesting that it was Moses up on the mountain with the Lord. And Moses said, you know, I want to see your glory, Lord. And the Lord said, you can't see all my glory. It will consume you. And so he had hid Moses in the rock, and then passed by Moses, and Moses saw his afterglow, if it were. But you know the very question that you're asking the disciples asked? Did you know that? No, I didn't. Yeah. and 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 on that night that Jesus, spending his last night with them in the upper room discourse, and he's, he's having his last meal with them, he washes the disciples' feet, he's talking to them, he... He's saying, I'm going to go away. Where I go, you can't come. And one of you is going to betray me, and all of you are going to be made to run away from me. And and, and the disciples were troubled. It, you know, this is, you know, the thing about it, Tammy, this is graduation night. <laughs> they have been right. with him for all this time. So he says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. And if it were not so, I would have told you, and i go and prepare a place for you. So he's given them comfort. And, and then Thomas pipes up, and he says, well, how do we know where you're going? Jesus says, you know where I go. And, and he says, no, we don't know how you're going, and how do we know the way? And Jesus would make that great declaration that I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Well, that continues. Um, and he starts talking, if you'd known me, you know my Father. And then Philip pipes up, and he says, Lord, show us the Father that it may suffice us. In other words, Philip is saying, show us the Father. We want to know what God is like. And Jesus says something very important that I hope 
ministers to you and helps you. And Jesus said, I've been with you so long, and yet you have not known me, Philip. If you have seen me, you've seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? And I think that maybe perhaps Jesus was a little bit disappointed in that. And what he, mm-hmm. in, in that question, but he he's patient, and you know we can have the same kind of question. And if we want to know what the Father is like, if we want to know what the heart and and the nature of God is the Father, Jesus says, "Look to me." He's the perfect representation of the Father. You know, the Father is spirit. God is spirit. And we cannot comprehend him. But Jesus, you know, we can't comprehend him fully. He reveals himself to us through the pages of Scripture. But then Jesus comes along, and, and, you know, um, Colossians, when when Paul was writing that, he says in chapter 1, as he's talking about the deity, the preeminence of Jesus Christ, and he says that he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, for by him all things were created. So he's the image. He's the exact representation of the Father. So if you want to know what the Father is like, Tammy, mm-hmm. study Jesus. Look to Jesus. Learn Absolutely. of Jesus. <laughs> and that is, you know, the, I think the, the, the answer that brought me peace. Because if I just think about God is so awesome, He's infinite. He's all-powerful. He's all-knowing. He's all-sovereign. I can't comprehend all of that. My head wants to explode. Exactly. But I I can't comprehend Jesus. And I can know the heart of God through Jesus. If you want to know, if you've seen me, Jesus says, you've seen the Father. And he's the perfect representation, the exact representation of the Father. And, you know, and, you know, he... God revealed himself, you know, through the person of Jesus Christ, his love, his compassion. Jesus said, I do no work apart from my Father. The Father and I are one. I do the will of my Father. And and so I love to learn of Jesus because as I know his heart and his nature, you know, his compassion, his love, then I get to know the Father as well because they're one. Right. Does that help? Yes, it does. Thank you very much. Thank you. You bet. You're welcome very much, Tammy. Thank Thank you for calling. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Study Jesus. Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come learn of me, and you'll find rest for your souls. For I am gentle and lowly. Yoke yourself with me, you know, and is what he says. For my burden is light. My, My yoke is easy. And learn of Jesus. As you learn of Jesus, you're going to learn of the Father. And uh, we see the heart of the Father and the nature of the Father. And sometimes the people picture the Father in the Old Testament being harsh and judgmental and a mean old man up in heaven, leaning over the banister of heaven, you know, wanting to, you know, throw his lightning bolts at us if we get, you know, out of line. And Jesus is kind of running around here, you know, saying, oh, please don't hurt him, Father. No, no, they're one. And, and Jesus gives us the heart of the Father. If if you've seen me, he said to Philip, and he says to all of us, you've seen the Father. So keep your focus on Jesus. He reveals the Father to us perfectly, the heart of the Father. Hey, uh, we're getting ready to close the show, but we do want to go to Patricia, Patricia in Denver. Hi, Patricia. Patricia, are you there? 
Patricia, you're not there, but you need prayer. You said you wanted prayer for an upcoming wedding. I don't know if that's for you or for somebody else, but I am going to pray for you. Um, and so I'm glad you called. We're going to get this prayer in before we end. Father, I pray for Patricia. I pray for if it's her wedding or somebody else that she knows very closely for an upcoming wedding. Whoever it is, Lord, we just pray for that. We pray that there be peace. We pray that there be preparation, uh, Lord, that uh, there be an honoring of you. And, Lord, the nervousness, and people can get very nervous before a wedding, that you would replace it with peace and comfort. And, Lord, we just lift this up to you, and um, that you would just minister to Patricia and the things that she needs right now and what she's asking for. So we just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, had a very good time today on um, and, uh, on the uh, show and very good questions and appreciate you all calling in. Want to let you know we're going to be studying the second coming of Jesus Christ tomorrow here at Calvary Greeley, Wednesday night service, 7 o'clock. we got a place for all the kids and youth groups. Love to have you come out and worship with us, and, and we're going to study God's Word, the book of Revelation. And uh, I know you'll be tremendously blessed, so come out to Wednesday night study. And then on Sunday mornings, we are in 1 Timothy, and it's a wonderful study. Chapter 4, 8, 9, 30, 11 o'clock. Check out our website, calvarychapelgreeley.com, for directions and for further information. Thank you, everybody. What a blessing to be with you this afternoon. Have a great evening. Stay close to the Lord. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.